All right, so I just wanted to throw a quick content warning out in front of this episode. This episode, holy shit, has a lot of very heavy things in it, including uh, cancer. There is child uh, human trafficking and threatening uh, life of uh, prostitution. Uh, am I missing anything, Ben? Besides the normal violence, which is in every episode of this show because it's kung fu Welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television, but who's got time for all this? I know I don't. I'm Jafar. And I am Ben. And we're here today with Into the Badlands Season 2, Episode 5, Monkey Leaps Through Mist. Yes, we are. Man, this episode opens hard and fast. Yes, we open in media dead fail son. Yep, Baron Ryder is dead, and Jade is now taking over shit. Barons are knighted, apparently? Kind I mean, of? they are dubbed. Uh, I mean, that is common. It's interesting appropriation, given America. Yeah, but, I mean, I've seen weirder stuff. Like, Fallout New Vegas, there's a guy who makes himself Kaiser. Yeah, uh, while Jade is taking her oath, we learn the Pillars of the Foundation, Peace Through Force... And justice without mercy. A real, we missed the point of Hammurabi style code. Yeah, but I don't know if they remember about that monkey. Fair. Sword tip right into the ground again. Come on. I also, it's Harambe, I know. Don't don't come at me, internet. I know I know how deeply you love Harambe, if you remember Hammurabi at all. Oh, Jafer? that was not a good joke, Ben. <laughs> That's where my brain went. Aren't you fair? He is the monkey that unlocked the end times, so <laughs> everything has been worse since we killed Harambe. But when we were looking at the dead Baron Rider, mm -hmm. and she's, you know, and Jade is weeping, did you think that this was genuine, or were you like, oh, well, she totally did this? I definitely was under the impression that this might have all been a big plot of hers. Yeah, uh, she seems like that type of character given our limited time with her. But we learned that Baron Quinn murdered his son. Yes. Wouldn't you just like revert back? Why? Why does Jade become Baron if Baron Quinn is still alive? Like Ben, I have not played enough Crusader Kings for this to make sense. Please explain to me. So Jafar, there are something called factions, <laughs> and if a faction gets enough power. It can raise its own levies and overthrow you and try and institute something. Sometimes it's changing the level of the laws, limiting the amount of direct control you have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's installing a, a different member of uh, either your dynasty or a different dynasty. And so in this case, Ryder was killed. And while Quinn would have a strong claim on the title... Mm -hmm. Jade had a weak claim that she pressed better because she had better better support. And so she was able to fabricate her claims using her... Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the advisor you have to use to fabricate claims. But she fabricated claims, pressed those claims, 
and now it is her du jour barony. Okay. That did not help me at all, but thank you nevertheless. <laughs> uh, I'm explaining a... Uh, oh, I, no, I... Was it a 4C uh, game? Yeah. You can't make it make any sense. I understand. Uh, after this, we see Sonny and Badgie are on the road together, approaching a storage unit city that I can only imagine smells like Mackinac Island minus the fudge. And uh, Badgie is... <laughs> Badgie is telling a story about waking up naked and hungover. Worst 11th birthday ever. Jafar? Yeah. Would this have been your worst birthday ever? No. <laughs> I I know you are famous for your run of bad birthdays. I had I had a string of bad birthdays. Yes. But you were never a hungover eleven year old. I had a series of bad birthdays. On my eighteenth birthday, I got broken up with over email and fired on the same day. Over email really puts that in in, in a specific time. Uh, I mean, it doesn't necessarily. It's, I'm not it's paying the seven way. cents to break up with you via text. <laughs> <laughs> My 19th birthday, I will not get into the details because it is one Google away from knowing my birthday. But needless to say, it was a disaster of some variety that impacted a number of people in a non-life-threatening way for myself, but definitely was impacted along with almost everyone that I know. It was the sinking of the main. My 20th birthday, I had one of my good friends get very, very sick, and I spent with him in the hospital because I was the only person around. And my 21st birthday, I got very, very sick on alcohol and spent it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I had a run of bad birthdays. But so did Badgie, it seems. Except his was living hardcore at 11. <laughs> and... One thing I happened to notice, we see him a little bit later, but I peeped his name in the... He's not in the main credits, but with the credits that are popping up as the episode begins, Stephen Lang! <laughs> I'm so excited. I love Stephen Lang. Out there beyond that fence, every living thing that crawls, flies, or squats in the mud wants to kill you and eat your eyes for jujubes. As they approach this town, Badgie talks a big hero's welcome. We do get a fake out for it, but it's mostly just a hey guy. I was totally expecting the they're going to get attempted murder on site thing. Yeah, so they meet with Nos, the commandant. And yeah. they, I like how Badgie lampshades this like, I don't know, he gave himself a name to sound cool. And then Nos totally Lando at Cloud City's yes. Badgie. Like, you got a lot of guts showing up here. How you doing, you old pirate? Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We find out that Sonny killed someone named Silvermoon. Yeah. Who has this obsidian sword with uh, rings in the back of it. I guess scabbards are for suckers. Do we think Silvermoon was a werewolf? If, I think Silvermoon was a werewolf. If Silvermoon wasn't a werewolf, I'm disappointed in this show. Don't tell us, yeah. listener. <laughs> no, it is last time on, Silvermoon was a werewolf. 100%. Sonny killed a werewolf. It which, was sweet. You know, you think Sonny... A sword-wielding werewolf. You think Sonny would kill more vampires. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your no. groans give me strength, audience. Your groans give me strength. <laughs> Real Colin Robinson type here. <laughs> the Commandant agrees to smuggle them into the Badlands in exchange for the blade. Quinn, we cut over, who sees his dead son in the distance. Yeah, he sees Ghost Rider. <laughs> 
feels like my head's on fire. I call him Johnny Blaze for the rest of this without referencing it. Oh, okay. And I, it's fine, Ben. You just ruined my joke preemptively. I mean, he's Ghost Rider. <laughs> he is Ghost Rider. Um, Tilda apologizes for something that her mom tells her not to apologize for. She went to the Conclave without her. Yep. Uh, we find out that the widow's name is Minerva. Yes. I love the awesome names they give people in this show. Uh, you had... You have an you had an opportunity to name a person Ben, and you did not go for a ridiculous name. As a father, oh, you, I mean, you you did not pick a ridiculous name for your child, despite my urgings. No, I was not going to name my son Lawrence Maurice, so he would be Larry Mo Curly. It's so good. No, I'm not going to do that. I respect my son. He's not a fictional character. <laughs> He could. He would have been fine. Yeah, but the widow is looking at her wall of dead butterflies because it, she is nothing if not on brand. Yeah. Well, Stephen Lang sits in a, a wheelchair, trying to advise them, but yep. clearly he is out of favor. Yep. He suggests that they use Quinn to gain the favor of the other barons, since he's quote the biggest threat to the Badlands. We've seen him with, like, six dudes, and he killed just his son. Ben, what happened, Har? Well, so, from context clues, we have this conclave where clearly stuff's been going wrong in the Badlands. The balance of power is upset. Mm -hmm. So the barons are like, okay, we're getting together, reestablishing things. Hey, the widow, you don't technically count. You are excluded. Uh, yeah. And so that's why Tilda wasn't supposed to be there, but she went anyway. Mm. Uh and this is where Quinn, using his medicine, medicine woman abilities, uh, passed down through the generations. Of course. Uh, was able to sneak in. I'm guessing they hacked up a bunch of the guards, but didn't quite get to the barons. The only mm. one they were able to get to was Ryder. And they would have killed the rest of them, but Tilda stopped them. And so, while everybody doesn't quite like the, the widow... Tilda saving their lives put that put dealing with the widow on the back burner. Okay. Uh, and also everybody's like, also page boy, page girl haircuts. Totally in now. <laughs> Berries and cream. Oh, hurrah. Over in paradise, MK makes a break for it. Yeah. He's back at the Kung Fu waterfalls and uh, Ava sounds the siren. But <gasps> where did MK go? He's a monkey leaping through the mist. Yep. The Commodore starts dinner by serving some casual misogyny. I don't know if this is casual. This well, is... It, it definitely turns to not casual. Yeah, this is it ranked. It starts uh. casual <laughs> and gets significantly worse as the dinner starts. Yes. I do appreciate Sonny and Badgie's banter here. They've got a real silent badass and the guy who gets him what he wants vibe, much like a wrestler and manager. Yeah. And that's how I think of them from now on. I like it. Yes. We know that it seems Badgie is the kind of guy who's always let his mouth do do the work. Yeah. Uh, but now he has somebody who can, like, back it up when his mouth gets him into trouble. But also, Suddy has never had anybody who, like, really can talk his way out of anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, the things don't come quite to Kung Fu as quickly. They are being served by Swerkers and uh, a little girl comes to the table and Nos gets real creepy about, 
oh yeah, I know I'm gonna, you know, turn this child into, you know, a source of income. And yep. it is it is gross, but it is also kind of nice in a like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy when this guy gets roundhouse kicked in the face sort of way. Yeah, the the casual misogyny appetizers have turned into casual child trafficking with a dash of implied rape, and I'm really hoping Sonny kills this guy. Yeah, I feel like this is a, a different corollary to Save the Cat, the writing structure where, hey, if at the beginning of a movie you have some guy save a cat, you are going to be on that, that character's side the rest of the movie. If... At the beginning of the episode, the bad guy threatens the abuse of a child. You will forgive anything that happens to them. And so I am excited because Sonny happens to him and he is really good at kung fu kicks. Yep. After this, we cut over to Quinn, who sees visions of blood on his hands when a vision of his son appears, making for the least subtle imagery on this show so far. I mean, he went full Lady Macbeth. You know, it's, yeah. it's a classic reference. One thing we do find out in the previous scene, Sonny thinks he killed Quinn. Yes. Uh, so, the speculation we had last episode about, you know, Ryder claiming to have killed Quinn. It was Sonny as Sonny, expected. And Sonny thinks he's dead. Learns otherwise now. Yes, but this means that Quinn, one, brain cancer, two, Almost got murdered by somebody who's really good at murdering. Mm-hmm. And then had to, through some sort of plot machination, machinations, kill his son. He is barely holding on by a thread here. <laughs> if, yeah. If that. We do learn some stuff about the current situation. Johnny Blaze says that Quinn is playing house with Vale and Henry. Mm-hmm. That was a twist. His son can talk a lot of shit for a dead guy who was a punk when he was alive, though. Yeah, also... This, this is one of those interesting, like, a personification of a mental illness appears mm-hmm. and starts saying things that the character doesn't agree with. And so it's, okay, is this split personalities? Is he saying, like, is he, like, is this a visual representation of Quinn working through stuff? Or is it something quasi-supernatural where... A personification of somebody is saying things you don't actually know. It's hard to say with this show, and this feels like a show that, if it does give an answer, and I don't think it will, it plays in that space a lot. Yeah, this is a place where the it being the actual spirit of Quinn is not out of the equation. No. Jade gets Orla Brady over for an update. Husband. Orla Brady? Orla Brady is the actress who plays Lydia. Lydia. Oh, okay. I was just like, was one of these people in the 90s Brady Bunch? <laughs> no. Anyways, Lydia gets the update. Husband, un-unalive. Son, unalive. Yes. Uh, were you surprised Lydia was still alive? I was. No. I think she seems like the long-term kind of plotting character that's going to be the main villain of this show when it ends. See, I th- I, was... I think she's going to end up either taking over for Jade or doing something with the widow or some other baron and is going to be a whole thing at some point. Well, I now that I know she's still a going concern, I I, I have adjusted my expectations. I 
could see her as the kind of person where, hey, we only got her for one season. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, we see see Lydia and Jade. Lydia does some real A-level acting here. It's... It's really good. I was very impressed. We come back from commercial to find Vale tied up by one of Quinn's lieutenants who wants to know about one of he do- one of his dudes that he thinks Vale killed. Edgar. She says that Edgar had tried to rape her, but Edgar was gay. Did you get kicked too many times in the head by a kangaroo when you were a kid? <laughs> because I don't know if you can see my gear, lady. I'm gay. So... Did he? Yeah. I, so one thing I did like here, real matter of fact, like, hey, Edgar was gay. He didn't want to. He didn't want to assault you, which puts puts to rest the second of two predictions you had about this show in the pilot, Javert. Mm. One, it's totally passed the Bechdel test. Lots. Of it, it did characters. last episode. Yeah. yeah. And two, people seem pretty cool with people being gay. <laughs> That not being part of the Bechtel test, but yes. No, that was the other thing you, you mentioned in the pri- pilot. You were like, oh, some gay erasure here. Oh, uh, yeah. There was yeah, there was a lot of that in the pilot. I mean, I think it was more, now looking back, it's probably just, hey, if you're gay, you're going to bang your bros. We don't need to get a... Uh, just uh, not getting specific about it. Yeah, we're, well, we're not getting male sex workers for you. There's a bunch of dudes in the dorm. <laughs> if dudes want to bang, dudes are going to bang. Uh, Fair enough. Which... Hey, maybe inconsiderate. Maybe you don't want to be romantically entwined with your coworkers. Yeah. Not a bad idea. I mean, we still haven't seen any male prostitutes for a show that's given us plenty of, of plenty of prostitutes. So I will say the jury is still out on that one. But no, as soon as they introduced a... that We had two female characters interact in the second episode we yes. watched, so... Uh, but and, yes. and not talk about a romantic relationship. Yes. Which... Or dudes at all. But this uh, this guy working for Quinn is trying to get a crumb bit of information out of Vale. Mm-hmm. Because he's got a crumb bit knife. It's, <sighs> it's a pun. And he's like, hey, I know you aren't treating Quinn's brain tumor. Yeah. Treat his brain tumor now. <laughs> yeah, I need Quinn to be healthy. Uh, MK finds a tree with a bunch of bodies strung up. Strange fruit, my friend. Recognizes one. Takes it down, lays it to rest, and ganks their outfit. Did you recognize this person? No, I did not. So I did. Fair, I, have to I ask did not you. either. What happened to her? What the hell happened? Can't explain. But I got the band. This was someone that was brought to the monastery along with MK, one of his buddies, maybe his training partner that we saw him spar with for like thirty seconds the one time we saw him here who tried to escape, failed, and got strung up on this tree for it. Okay. I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. does feel right. Lydia continues to mourn as Jade tries to turn sadness into anger. Lydia spills the hiding spot in exchange for the executioner's axe. Yeah. So she... Lydia actually does, like, a really good monologue that I, f- I feel deeply as the parent of one child who is going to be a one-child parent yeah like hey we only had this one now they're gone uh like that terrifies me so i really appreciated her acting here minerva has a map we see yeah she's got herself i i recognized this map oh not like the map itself in its form 
but there were rivers and cities and their approximation to those places allowed me to identify this area. I mean... I have been in this area. Colorado? No. No, farther east than that. Uh, We are in Missouri, uh, up to the edge of southern Illinois. Uh, We're mostly west of the Mississippi River, south of Iowa, north of Louisiana. So it looked like mostly Missouri with maybe a little Illinois, a little, maybe a little Kansas. It's hard to tell how far some stuff goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I had to guess that chunk of land is the, is the badlands. But before you get to Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, It might go south into Oklahoma and Texas. And that map just, we don't see all of this map. We only see the north east corner of this map really and everything past a certain point is like marked off to the east Mm -hmm. Uh, not in a way like oh this is some other country or something but like there is a boundary Mm -hmm. so i wonder if as part of the apocalypse that led to our post post apocalypse the East Coast doesn't exist anymore. Well, and that would tell us that uh, Sonny is probably in California right now. Yes. Because he's trying to get over the mountains. And if we are in Missouri... And not Appalachia. Yeah. There'd be... You'd have to go over the mountains and then through Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not the path. No, I do believe you're correct. They're in California, possibly Nevada. Or they're much farther north and have a good bit south to go as well, and he's in, like, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, but we're talking Rockies, not Appalachians. 100%. Badgie walks into the wrong tent as Emilio wanders in, and is like, Hey, Sonny, what's going on with the whole you not being a terrible piece of shit thing? Yeah. Every man in this universe is a terrible piece of shit, but... You, apparently. Well, except he is kind of, because he is looking for any excuse to get out of doing the right thing here. For sure. And when Portia comes in, Emilio's the child. Yes, so her mother comes in, and it is always the same thing when we get a, hey, I am a swerker who has been sent to you, and we get the character who's like, no, you can just get out of here, I don't want, it's like, I'll get beaten up. If I don't stay here for at least 15 to 45 minutes. Yeah. So, hey, maybe understand the situation. Um. Mm-hmm. Amelia comes in, asks Sonny to kill Nas. I need Nas. I need Nas. Before Amelia is made to begin working as a doll, and he refuses. Yeah, so Portia is just like, please, you have to save my daughter, do anything. And Sonny's like, no, I've got my own stuff going on. Yeah, it's real gross and yep. sad. And I wish Sonny had just been like, yup. We come home to find Quinn holding a knife to baby Henry. Yeah, he is following Ghost Rider's suggestion to test to see if Vale is actually reformed on him. Which, hey, great way to see if a lady likes you threatened to stab her baby yeah he's 
trying to maintain two conversations, one with Vale and one with Johnny Blaze. And the actor here is doing a real solid, unhinged madman. One thing I did like is this shows that his conversation with his visions is... At least out loud from his perspective. Yes, it is out loud, so it is not... He's talking to himself in his head, which you sometimes see somebody having an internal conversation and an external conversation. Mm-hmm. Vale is being is reacting to the stuff he is saying to to Ghost Rider. Yep. Uh, vale manages to defuse this situation, but fucking yikes. Yeah, I mean, we get a real angel-devil-on-the-shoulder dichotomy going on here. Mm-hmm. But uh, Quinn gives back the baby. Speaking of big fucking yikes, we cut over to Nas asking Sonny if Portia asked to have him killed. Yeah, so we we see Badgie and Sonny in the morning. Hey, here's your car. Oh, also, we heard what Portia said. Tent walls are very thin and has somebody who has spent a lot of time camping. That is very true. Yes, they are a, they are a sheet. Yes. So Sonny is like, no, she didn't say anything. And Nas is like, yeah, she did. I'm glad you didn't take her up on the offer, but you also just lied to me. Yeah, he has disfigured Portia and now, quote, has plans for the child. Yeah. Uh... And so we have now justified everything Sonny is about to do to Nas and everyone who works for Nas. Yeah. uh, Which... If you're going to make it so that I don't feel bad about 12 guys getting stabbed in the face, having them all be okay with this, good way to do it. For sure. Sonny, much like the dude, can no longer abide. And we finally get to our fight of the week. Yeah, this is the one fight scene we get in this episode. Yes. It's a longer one, but, you know, not as long as, like, the raid on the refinery. I feel like... This is probably more the norm for this series. Like one kung fu fight an episode. One, one big kung fu fight an episode, and we had been spoiled previously by watching season premieres. It's possible. Yeah, man. Right off the bat, Sony puts a tire cover halfway through someone's skull. Yeah. Holy shit. I was just like, oh. He hubcapped that dude. Yeah. But one thing I did really appreciate, Sonny, totally competent, surrounded, moves his way into an area between two buses, creates a bottleneck. Yes. uh, Where I'm just like, that's smart. That's what you should be doing. 100%. Great fight choreography. Plus it leads to a parkour bus fight. Yes. And I was very happy to have a parkour bus fight. It is. Yeah, it was the correct move for sure. And it's good to see. I feel like the, the fight choreographers from the pilot did not have much practical fighting experience or at the very least were not considering it when planning these things i definitely do not feel like that is the case between the last two episodes we've watched it feels like a lot more care is going into environmental awareness and it's not just when i'm fighting eight dudes they line up and i fight them one at a time i mean i do it does make me miss just guys jumping around in the background of a Bruce Lee film. Uh, there's, there's there's something to be said for the old traditions, but this did feel really, really cool. Yeah. At one point, Sonny is fighting the guys in the buses. Badgie, Double-decker buses, yeah. too. 
double double decker buses with like half of a bus making an H on top. So mm-hmm. like they're fighting back and forth between two double decker buses. It's sweet. Badgie rescues Portia, throws her in the car, mm-hmm. notices the uh, the car doesn't have any keys. Yeah. And this didn't endear me to Badgie, where he's just like, oh heck, and grabs a bat with chains wrapped around it and just goes and Mark McGuire's NOS. Do you want to know the terrifying truth? Or do you want to see me suck a few dingers? Dingers! 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 <laughs> yep. Gets the keys and the sword. Yes. Throws the sword back to Sonny, who uses it to quickly dispatch the rest of the bad guys. Yep. And then they make their escape. Nas survives. I'm just going to call it now. My daytime prediction is Nas comes back and gets killed. Oh, I, I'm sure the next episode is their Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, are we going to miss the Fury Road episode? I think we're missing their Mad Max Fury Road episode, which I'm a little disappointed about. Like, they're driving away in a spiky car. Yeah. It's very Mad Max. Yes. Now, that said, for somebody... Like, Nick Frost, not a small man. No. Hits a guy in the head with a baseball bat covered in chains. Bad day. Nos gets up real quick. Like, most people, you, like, this is definitely some movie magic. Most people, you get hit once in the head with a baseball bat covered in chains. If you get back up, you are not getting up the same. <laughs> yeah. He's just drank a bunch of Nos energy drink. That's where his name comes from. Well, or he really believes in family. So we cut now to... We know he doesn't really believe in family, Ben. Yeah, no, he does not. We cut over to Minerva telling her advisor she's going to make an alliance with Quinn because the Barons fucking suck. Yeah, and we now we get a reverse here because what is the advisor's name? What's Stephen Lang's name? I didn't catch it. Waldo. And she's oh. like, Waldo? Find this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't find him first, heaven help you. And that feels kind of, kind of pointed to a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, I might actually, like, even if I'm trying really hard, it's hard for me to get places. Yeah. uh, The Badlands is not ADA compliant. No. So good luck wheels. Maybe you'll find the rest of the, uh, the BK kids crew to help you. (laughs) after this we see quinn smoking some opium while watching old charlie chaplin films this is impossible no that wasn't charlie chaplin that was buster keaton he was watching buster keaton yeah yeah really i'm 100 percent sure it was buster keaton not charlie chaplin okay yes okay still he loves the classics. Well, I appreciate it, it doesn't change the fact that this is still impossible. Why? Uh, because all of that old film oh, is yeah. made out of partially organic material, and there's no way, very little of it is surviving in the modern day yes. with preservation, let alone this scenario. So he could totally be watching it, but we wouldn't be hearing the reel-to-reel. He would have had to like hook up an, an SSD to a pro- digital projector, yeah. which doesn't fit the aesthetic. For oh, sure. Guy sitting there smoking opium. Lydia and some clippers make it to Quinn's hideout. It was trapped, and they all explode. Explosions! I can't hear! I can't hear! 
There's blood blisters on my head! Oh my god, how do they walk away in movies without flinching when it explodes behind them? There's no way! I call bullshit on that! Uh, Vale makes a run for it to end credits. Now, Jafar, I've got a question for you about the explosion. Yeah. Lydia says, hey, you guys go in there, get him and bring him out to me. Did she know? Do you think she knew about the explosions? I think given her reluctance in given her reluctance to make an alliance or i guess maybe well Jafar, i'm going to say i'm going to say yes actually so you're going to say yes and now Jafar, i'm going to ask you to get weird with it let's get weird hey! oh um, you might think that these are like some claymores or like some tripwire, some grenades, mm-hmm. something mundane that we might have already seen on the show or something that is uh, present in the modern day. Mm-hmm. But this is the post-post-apocalypse. Yes, buddy. Which means we've had time. And we don't know how much time happened between today and the post-apocalypse. But I'm going to guess there's some weird military shit that doesn't exist in the modern day straight out of sci-fi. So what happened was, have you you seen The Abyss? The James Cameron movie? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to guess they walked in there and there was this like gooey sheen like when they're interacting with the alien sphere Mm -hmm. in The Abyss. And it started to like expand like this goo. And it then suddenly compressed and exploded. Oh, okay. See, I think they come in, open that door, and they look up. Jafar, they're at the bottom of a soapbox derby track. Oh, no! And car starts rolling towards them. Hey, is that a cable hooked up to that? Why, it's a soapbox derby full of grenades! (laughs) And once it gets to a certain level, pins pulled. All the You have, like, ten seconds to stop the soapbox car before the pin gets pulled Mm -hmm. that is how like you're supposed to know to do that if you don't know to do that ping boom are you suggesting you stop a soapbox car by hand ben i'm i'm thinking there's probably a lever and it puts a gate up okay um but yeah i think they got grenade box derbied okay all right well that is the episode Yeah. All right. Let's roll our dice and see how many episodes we're skipping. Roll them bones. That is five. Okay. So we're watching season three, Three episode episode one. All right. All the season uh, season premieres. Yep. All right. So we have our predictions for next episode. Lincoln, what are you doing up there? Guessing? I guess no one's coming. I have seen into the future. You ruined the prophecy. I, my uh, daytime prediction, very similar to the one you mentioned, Jafar. I'm going, I believe that Nas is going to chase after them. Mm-hmm. And it will not go well for Nas. Yep, daytime. Nas shows up again, gets got. My evening prediction 
much like my mic prediction last time, mm-hmm. uh, where I was not making a prediction for the show, but rather for us in our random viewing order, we will not see Amelia again. Mm. Probably. Yeah, I f- 50-50. Either, you, either we will or we won't. Well, that, that, that is how statistics work. My evening prediction is Ava chases MK, but decides to join and go with him. Uh, and my e- primetime prediction, we've been making some really good progress on our trip. And I feel like our characters are getting pretty close. So my prediction is that by the start of season three, we will be back in the Badlands. All right. And now I can read. Well, I haven't done mine yet. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and do yours, and then I can read the episode description, which may or may not confirm my prediction immediately. Okay. I Uh, made it before I I rolled the dice. So some of them are currently in the Badlands, so, you know. Yeah. My primetime prediction is Quinn leaves Lydia alive. When Waldo arrives at the bunker, having tracked him down, Quinn has already left, but left Lydia alive, chained up there or trapped there. And Mm -hmm. Lydia joins up with Waldo to try and hunt down Quinn. Okay. Well, we've got season three, episode one next. Enter the Phoenix. Sonny reconnects with Badgie to search for a cure for Henry. The widow sets out to recruit Moon in her war against Chow. Maybe Silver Moon's not dead. Oh, it's hard to kill a, a werewolf. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a werewolf kung fu fight, Ben. Oh, yeah! What if the werewolves are also a lifetime affliction and we get baby kung fu werewolf fight? That's not how werewolves work. Eh, it could be. We don't know. But what we do know is how much we appreciate Ripe. Thank you, Ripe, for letting us use the song Goon Squad as our theme music. We appreciate the hell out of it and you. Thank you so much. You can find Ripe's music all over the internet. Check them out on Spotify, Google Music, at probably Tidal, wherever. Buy some of their merch. They got a really cool baseball team. Yeah. And thank you for Annette Lucina for letting us use your picture of a TV and using Creative Commons so we can use it for free and not make any money and didn't have to pay you, but that's because you're cool and we're poor. (laughs) We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll see you next week, Internet. We'll see you next time on Last Time on. Oh, dang it. I'm just remembering I had a whole song that I forgot to do. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I was going to go start this episode off with Mist Monkey, that funky monkey. Mist Monkey, roundhouse, that funky monkey. Well, now I can put it in the after credits. Well, now you can put it in the after credits.